This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Lindor. A swing and a long drive. Deep right field. It is gone. Frankie Lindor gives the Indians a huge insurance run. How did he smoke that baby? And Lindor, as always, looks to the crowd, claps his hands high in the air to acknowledge the Indians fans, and another standing ovation for one of the best young players in all of baseball. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Goodyear and spring training for the Tribe. As they head into exhibition play this weekend, it started on Friday, a game against the Reds that Cincinnati won 6-4, to four, but everyone got through with no injuries, and certainly throughout the spring, that is one of the biggest keys. And certainly a big key for the Tribe this season will be the play of their shortstop, Francisco Lindor. Not only one of the faces of the Cleveland Indians, but you could argue one of the the faces of Major League Baseball now, and he will be playing in just his age 24 season this year. And this will be his fourth season in the Major Leagues. He's coming off an outstanding year a year ago, 273 batting average, 33 home runs, and 89 runs driven in, both career bests as well as 44 doubles and that great defense up the middle. And we had a chance to sit down and visit with Francisco Lindor earlier this week. And he says, after the finish to last season with that American League Division Series loss to the New York Yankees, he can't wait to get it started again this year. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's not about last year. It's last year's in the past. But it's all seeing the guys and being in the clubhouse. And I'm tired of practicing at the house already. You know, it was time for me to come out here and be with the guys. And um, But, yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what the season brings. Um Go out there. I want to finish. You know, I want to complete, complete the the thing that we started a few years ago, um, and that's that's the main focus. You know, it's just you forget what happened in the past. You forget about it because that's in the past. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, you learn from it, and you move you move on. And with that said, there there was so much good about last season. And what do you like heading into this season based on what you know about those guys in the clubhouse? I know they're going to compete. I know they're going to go as as hard as they can. They're going to go. They're going to give you the best um, to the last out, you know. And and that's that's what you want from your teammates. And uh, everybody's fun. I like everyone in the clubhouse. Uh, and it's the same group of guys. Same group of guys. We had a few more um, that are great person as well. And that's that's what counts. And I'm guessing you probably don't pay much attention to it, but. Uh, it doesn't seem like many people, are, or as many people, are talking about the Indians this offseason. Maybe talking about some other clubs. Is that okay? It's as perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine with me. You know, I, um, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, uh, it's who makes it the playoff, who um, plays the best um, ball in the playoffs. That's who's going to win. 
Uh, I could care less about how much they talk about the Indians, how much they talk about um, individuals. As long as we're in the playoffs, we got a chance of winning everything. When you look at your game, uh, you mentioned it's nice to get here so you don't have to just work out at home or, or wherever you, you get ready for a season. What did you try to take from this off season that, that you're going to work on this year to, to become an even better player than you are already? My footwork. I want a better footwork. I want to um, I want to be more agile, quicker. Uh, I want to be able to move better. You know, I continue. I want to get continue to get stronger, and and just be a and five two player, not just be that. Three two four 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 tools. Just be an overall good player. You know, I, I want to be able to to help my team win, and the way I help my team win is running, catching the ball, throwing, um, playing, um, hitting good, having a good offense, and just staying within myself all the time. You know, I think that's how you help your team, and that's what I want to work on, and that's what I worked the whole off season. So you make that decision of, of things that you'd like to work on. How do you go about trying to get that done? Where do you do that in, in the winter time? When I do it at my house. Uh, the school I went to, um, I train there and do everything over there. Um, how do I improve my footwork? Just doing ladder stuff, do, doing um, uh, my ground balls, doing a little different. Um, just not catching the ground ball. Just focusing on my feet instead of just focusing on catching the ball. Uh, offensive, offensive side of the game, just you know, making sure I built from what I did last year and built from the mistakes I made last year. Um, that's how you become a better um, hater. And when it comes to um, staying with, my, with myself, this is a mental approach that you got to work on the daily basis. That's something that it, it, it's going to be a. That's the hardest part of the game, the mental side of the game. So that's something that. Uh, um, I gotta work on the daily basis, not just the off season. Day in and day out. Uh, talking to Rajay Davis yesterday, he said it, you guys talked about how you might want to steal a few more bases this year. You probably it's yeah. as good a person to learn from as anybody. Yeah, right? definitely. That's I'm super excited that he's here. Bertsu is a great person, great teammate, and he's fun to be around. And I told him I was like, man, I want to steal more bases. I want to be, I want to be a good base runner. That's I say you win games, you know. So and having him here, I'm gonna learn from him, Sandy, and and see what it was, um, how he goes this year. Uh, balance and, and off the field, uh, off season. I know uh, some of that was spent trying to figure out how to help those in Puerto Rico, very Correct. close to your heart. Uh, what were you able to do and, and accomplish in, <clears throat> in a short period of time? I went. I made. A few, I made a few trips to Puerto Rico. <clears throat> um, Few of them unidentified, you know, like where it was, just, I was just there just to help. It wasn't Francisco and Dora trying to help. Um, it was just someone else is bringing. Um, it was water, ice, um, stuff to eat, um, diapers, uh, bed sheets, all kinds of stuff. Is that you you go out there and you hand out, you know? It, it wasn't for me. It was more of a family thing, of a human being, you got to help instead of me, Francisco, and Dora trying to help. You know, like, it was just more, I just, I just got to find something to, to, a way to help, you know. It, it wasn't about, it'll look good for me, or it'll make me feel better. No, it was, it was just 
Like that's that's the right thing to do. You know, that's uh, when you see someone down, you try to help them pick, um, get back up, and that's what I try to do, and that's what my family try to do. And I I went there a few times to help, and it was it was good. It was good. The regular season games between the Indians and Twins in April will be down there, and I know you're excited anyway. And then mm-hmm. the hurricane comes, and, and everything that has come along with that. What do you think it's going to mean to the folks down there to still have those games going on and, and, and be able to be played? It's going to mean a lot. You know, you're going to bring joy to them. You're going to bring a little a little something that's going to take them off all the struggles at the houses. You know, by then, the Puerto Rico will be probably 75% um, working, 75%, 80% Puerto Rico will be, you know, back where it was. Um but still, that 20% of the island, the 25% of the island, that's, it's a lot of people. That's a lot of people with no power, not water, and um, they're the ones that are going to benefit the most, the most. And also the kids. There's going to be a lot of kids that are going to watch this play, and they're going to see that dreams do come true. You know, So I can't wait. I can't wait to, to go to Puerto Rico, see the fans, see everybody out there. It's going to be a, a fun experience. That is Indian shortstop Francisco Lindor. Now, another key for the tribe will be their bullpen. And they are down Brian Shaw and Joe Smith from the end of the season a year ago. Dan Otero, though, has been a big key, and he'll be expected to be once again. Early in the offseason, Otero was signed to a two-year contract, the first time in his career that he has a multi-year contract with a big league ball club. And he said earlier in the spring that, that has changed his outlook somewhat and given him a great mindset heading into the season. Well, it was an exciting time for me. You know, uh, I've had a long road to kind of get to the big leagues and maybe establish myself as a big leaguer. So anytime a team kind of throws a multi-year deal out there, it's flattering. And uh, it definitely was a very special time for me and my family. You know, I have three little girls under the age of four. So anything that you can have stability with in this game, you kind of jump on it. So I'm thrilled to be here, hopefully for the next two or three years, and uh, help this team uh, get to where we want to be. Speaking of, you know, you touched on it there, <clears throat> getting to where we want to be. Just last year, just touch on the, the win streak and the, and the body of work as a whole and just how it ended. Yeah, I mean, people forget maybe how great of a season we actually had because how it ended, but that win streak was something amazing, and to be a part of it is special because it doesn't happen very often <laughs> because it's never happened before, you know, in our lifetime. So it's something that we'll definitely remember, but at the end of the at the end of the season, we didn't get where we wanted to go. And we've already talked about it today, first day of spring training. You know, our ultimate goal is the World Series and to finish it off. And I don't think we're shying away from that again. We have a great group of guys in here, you know, a great coaching staff. We have some new coaches, fresh faces on the player side. So it's an exciting time right now. I mean, this team won 102 games. I think people tend to focus on who we lost as opposed to who we got bring, coming back. Just talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we kept a lot of guys here that were vital parts of the team last year, you know, and when you can keep Jose Ramirez and Lindor up the middle, that young combination, you know, it's, a, it's very special. And then you're also getting a healthy Jason Kipnis back, who's been a two-time, through three-time All-Star, and then hopefully you get a healthy Michael Brantley back. They weren't there at the end of the year. I don't think they played at all during the win streak. So when you guys, when you get All-Star caliber players like that back, hopefully healthy, those are almost like free agent signings or trades, whatever you want to call it. And then you bring in a guy like Yonder who had a great year last year and can pick it at first. So we did lose some key pieces, but we have a lot of guys here that can step up and, you know, take their roles. 
Speaking of key pieces, Brian Shaw's not here, so that's going to open up uh, some outs to be had in the seventh, sixth, seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about your where you play in that. Well, Brian was unbelievable for here for five years, and I don't think the fans gave him enough credit. Um, I know Twitter would always blast him and stuff like that, but us as players know what he meant to this team, and the coaches know what he meant to this team. You know, taking the ball 75 times a year for four or five straight years. I don't think you're going to replace it with one person, but I think we do have a great group down there that can handle that load, whether it be Olsen, McAllister, you know, Goody, and then obviously you have Cody Allen and Andrew Mill at the back end. So I think we're all just going to kind of step in and see how it shakes out the first month or so of the season. And with two guys at the back end, you just kind of do your part to get it to them, and I think we'll be okay without him, but you never know. You touched on Andrew and Cody. You just talked about, you know, how reliable those guys are. Yeah, I mean, you see their numbers every year, year in and year out. You know, they're taking the ball. They're healthy. They perform at an all-star level. I think it's a crime that Cody hasn't been an all-star yet, but that's just my opinion. And to have those guys, you almost take it for granted because when you hit the seventh inning, it's like, oh, game over. And when they do give up, you're like, whoa, what just happened? Um, but their work ethic off the field is what sets them apart, in my opinion. You know, they're not trying to just stay at the same level. They're trying to get even better, and that's what makes those guys special. How's your uh, impression of Carl Willis so far? Other than him being a UNC fan, we're going to get along well. So I'm hoping Duke beats UNC this next time around so I can give him some, you know, ribs. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away from that rivalry for right now. But, no, he's, he seems like a great great person to have on this team. And like he told us earlier, he's been here. He came back because he wanted to be here. So I think there's going to be a great working relationship. And we have a good pitching coach staff around him with Atchison coming back and then Brian Sweeney coming in. So I think we're going to have a good group. That's Indians relief pitcher Dan Otero. Stay tuned. More to come is on the other side of this break. We will visit with Indians starting pitcher Trevor Bauer. That's coming your way shortly on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. But, folks, this puppy isn't over. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Goodyear, Arizona, and Indian Spring Training. And uh, don't forget, this weekend, if you are hearing this on Saturday afternoon, some Tribe baseball for you from the Cactus League. The Indians will be over in Scottsdale to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that is a 3:10 Eastern time first pitch radio coverage on the Indians radio network for that one, as well as the Sunday game. Back in Goodyear against the Cincinnati Reds. That's a 3.05 Eastern time first pitch. And in that Sunday game, the starting pitcher will be Trevor Bauer coming off a 17-win season and primed to continue what has been a nice rise to his young major league career. He's become a mainstay in that Indian starting rotation. And our good friend Bart Swain had a chance to catch up with Trevor Bauer earlier in spring training. And they talked about some of the changes that the Indians have made during the season, some of the, the players who have left due to free agency, some of the additions. And Trevor Bauer says, don't worry about the tribe. This team will be just fine. We have basically the same core of players that we've had for the last, you know, since I've been here. Um, pretty much the whole pitching staff's back, almost the whole offense is back. Uh, it's easy to focus on the guys that we lost, but... 
a lot of guys were banged up last year. I think that's what people don't realize. Like people kind of forgot about Kip because he was on the DL quite a bit, and people kind of forgot about Lonnie because he's on the DL quite a bit, and people kind of forget about Brantley because he didn't play a whole lot. And um, we got hammered with injuries last year. So assuming that guys will be healthier this year, I think last year was an extreme aberration. Our medical staff does a really good job of keeping guys on the field. So. Assuming last year was just an aberration, I think you're going to see a very talented and deep lineup. I think you're going to see a very talented and deep pitching staff. I think you're going to see guys play really great defense. So I think I, I don't know. I, I think the focus should be there for sure because I still, speaking for myself, and I think on behalf of everybody in the clubhouse, I think we're one of the best teams in, in the league and um, definitely a contender for a World Series. Um, you touched on just the the winning streak last year and just how special that whole ride was? That was the craziest thing. Um, so we had a winning streak in 16. Yeah, 16. And it felt like we got to like seven, eight games, and it was like, oh, man, we're on a winning streak. We're playing real, real good ball right now. And it's like, oh, the 13 is the franchise record. And as it started getting closer, like the whole time there was kind of this um, energy and momentum behind it and with that comes pressure because you know what's at stake and the games were intense and everyone was like locked in and then when it ended it was like kind of almost like a little bit of a letdown emotionally like okay it's over we can catch our breath a little bit and then we lost a couple games and whatnot. The craziest thing about the 2017 winning streak is until the like the eighth or ninth inning of the 21st game or 22nd game, whichever, the, the overtime uh, Bruce's walk-off, until like the eighth inning of that game, I didn't feel like we were on a winning streak. I didn't feel the pressure. I didn't feel the intensity. I nothing. I think everyone was just going out there super relaxed and playing at a super high level. And then when we realized, we're like, wait, we're behind? I think we were behind like six innings or something through the whole streak up until that point or something crazy like that, maybe ten innings. Uh, and then we realized, like, wait, we're behind. We might actually lose. And then that's when, like, at all at once, like, the intensity and the pressure just, like, all hit at one time in those, like, last two innings. And then, like, the Bruce walk-off and, you know, Twitter set it to Titanic music and it's just this masterpiece of a, of a video and everyone running on the field and didn't know whether to run to home plate or run get Bruce or go with just people going crazy. It was, uh, it was a very special feeling. It was um, so different than anything else I've experienced really in, in baseball. Different than playoffs, different than you know regular season walk-off wins. It was very special. You touched on playoffs. We, it was kind of, we just had a bad week. And just talk about the, the taste you had in your mouth and how that kind of motivated you going forward. Shoot, man. Tanaka shoved in Game 3, and we were a foot away from winning that game. I mean, Judge robs a home run, a two-run homer from Lindor. Lindor. Um, man, I mean, we had chances to win um, that game. We had chances to come back and win Game 5. Uh, I think it was a highly competitive series. We just matched up against a team that got hot at the right time. Um yeah, I don't think it was anything we did. It was just, they just beat us, you know. We kind of beat ourselves in game four a little bit, but, yeah, props to the Yankees. Uh, but ultimately, it just comes down to you got to take care of business in the regular season to give yourself a chance to make the playoffs. And once you get in, anything can happen. And I think uh, we've done a really good job of that the past couple of years, giving ourselves a chance. Um, no one really 
thought we were going to go very far in 2016. And we were the team that kind of surprised people. And, I mean, basically played the entire season to a tie. Uh, we needed extra innings in Game 7 to figure out who won. Um, and then last year we were one of the best teams. We were the best team in the American League, one of the best teams in baseball all year round, and just got beat. You know, it happens. But that's the goal again this year is set ourselves up in a position during the regular season to make the playoffs, give ourselves a chance, get in, and then let the cards fall where they may. You've really established yourself as our, our number three guy and just talk about how you've solidified your career and and the work you put in to get to your, this right here? Um, yeah, it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, hours spent, um, a lot of research and sacrifice and stuff like that, but that's what I love to do. Um, so it's it's easy to go out there and do the work. It's, and the process is always the same. It's like, okay, I evaluate where I am right now and what do I need to do to be a little bit better? What's the area that I can improve in, improve on most? And let me develop a process and go to work on that. And I think that's one thing I do better than the majority of people I'm around is I have this, like, if I take a day off, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm missing something. Um, I think I just, I can outwork people. I can handle a higher volume, a higher um, uh, frequency of... Um, putting in work. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's the thing I'm most proud of is the, the work ethic and the willingness to continue on a day-by-day basis, just doing a lot of monotonous stuff that ultimately ends up leading to improvement. You said improvement. I think you're messing around with another pitch. Just mm-hmm. talk about, you know, how do you improve? Yeah, so um, last year uh, I needed something. It was very clear that I needed something that I could throw in the zone or very close to the zone that had enough movement or speed differential to get swing and miss. Uh, my curveball is a, a plus pitch in a vacuum. I can tell hitters it's coming and they're not going to square it up very often. They also don't swing and miss very often because it's, uh, it's fairly easy to identify if I throw it for a strike. Um, and if I throw it in the dirt, it moves so much that they identify it early and I don't get as many swing and miss, counts drag on, stuff like that. So. Uh, it was clear that I needed something that I could throw that had a little bit less movement and could generate swing and miss in the zone. And, um, you know, watching, I mean, we have a lot of guys on staff that have pitches that are like that. Uh, I mean, the change-ups of Salazar and uh, Carrasco, you got Clevenger's slider, you got Kluber's slurve, curve, you know, however you, whatever you, whatever it's actually called. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have that ability and have pitches like that that I was able to model um, talk to them about how they use them and look at some video and stuff like that. So ended up developing a slider a little bit at the end of the last year, um, just like, kind of like trying to patch the patch the hole in the, in the ship. That worked out pretty well. I wasn't really comfortable with the grip, but it was, it was a means to an end. And in this offseason, I've tried to high-grade that pitch, uh, modeling off of Stroman's uh, slider and Kluber's uh, slower breaking pitch, slurve. Um, all the numbers I have on it in the offseason, um, pitch FX numbers, Repsoto, Edgertronic video, stuff like that, all points to it being similar to those pitches, movement profile-wise. Obviously, I haven't faced big league hitters yet, so we'll see how it plays in game situation and how well I'm able to command it and sequence it and stuff. But the work to get a pitch that has the same movement profile that I can try to utilize the same way is done. I'm happy with where it's at. Um, and so now it comes down to seeing how hitters react to it and then, again, evaluate where I'm at and see where I want to go, what problem am I having, and solve it. That's Indian starting pitcher Trevor Bauer. 
one of the mainstays in the Tribe starting rotation. Another hoping to be, and coming off a fine season, is young right-hander Mike Clevenger. We will visit with Clevenger after this as we wrap up Tribe Talk on the other side of this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment as we join you from Goodyear, Arizona. On uh, the opening weekend of exhibition play for the Tribe, they dropped their exhibition opener 6-4 to four to the Cincinnati Reds on Friday afternoon, but more action this weekend, Saturday afternoon at 3-10 against the Arizona Diamondbacks and Sunday afternoon against the Reds once again at 3:05. Mike Clevenger started the opener for the Indians on Friday as he prepares for a new season. He's coming off a 12-win campaign, one of five tribe starting pitchers to earn double figures in wins a season ago. And for him, it was his first full, almost full, major league season. And we had a chance to visit with Mike Clevenger earlier this week, and he talked about the confidence factor that he gained last season and what really put him over the hump in that regard. I mean, it's like the chicken or the egg conversation, like does confidence breed success or vice versa? And I think in that last year, it was more like, you know, I felt like I always belonged, but I needed that, you know, almost like success to show me. And then once I saw a few starts strung together, a few starts in a row, I think starting with the Royals, my very first start, I had a few good ones after that. And then I was like, you know, I can string together some good ones and then hit a rough patch with Colorado. It was like one of my first rough ones. And I saw that I could bounce back and had a good start after that. Once I saw that I could bounce back from having a bad one or two bad ones, so I was like, you know what, this I really do belong here because I can, you know, find my mistakes and then capitalize from them. Is that the hardest thing, and maybe at any level, to to put a bad start behind you and still believe, hey, there's certain things that I can do here that are effective? Yeah, I mean, that's it starts with being able to do that on the mound with pitch by pitch. I mean, it was, took me a while to even you know, let go of a base hit, then it took me a while to let go of, like, a double, then a home run, and then to let go of, like, a bad game. It's just that progression of, you know, trusting yourself and getting, finding that balance. Obviously, control and command is a big part for any pitcher, and it seemed like early on that might come and go for you a little Mm -hmm. bit, but as the season went along, you were able to hone that in and and become a lot more consistent, And, and why do you think that was? Well, we sat down and looked at, like, the spray charts where I was throwing it, and it wasn't it wasn't like it was it was wild and it was like you know balls are going left right up and down it was like you know you're just a tick off my straight charts all everything was really in the same spot in the zone just a little bit off so all we do is move the catcher more on the plate and it kind of corrected itself when you look at your career uh, obviously the indians made a, a wonderful trade to get you from the angels and and it was hard for you to get going with the angels um what is it? What has it been about being with the Indians that maybe has allowed you to take a step forward, uh, even more so than than if you had stayed with the Angels or, or another organization? I think it's just they let you be you. I mean, they obviously have a tight rein, and there's obviously the right and wrong way to go about things. But it's not it's not a cookie cutter formula where you know this worked for this player, so it should work for you. And you know they really let you be yourself and then figure it out the best way for you. And I think that you know, let me really grow versus, you know, kind of containing my growth. And maybe along those lines, um, you'll have a new pitching coach this year, but just taking a look back at, at Mickey Calloway, how did he help you and what made him such a good pitching coach for so many? I mean, it was, it was always a comfortable conversation to go talk to him. It was never, 
there's never even a point in the game if I wasn't pitching that day that I felt like I couldn't go and just grab him like hey Mick like I just saw this sequence this sequence saw him do this and you know he'd be there to talk to you about why he thinks that and would listen to you and it wasn't like because he was a pitching coach he had the right answer like sometimes you might have the right answer and he didn't know you know and he would be very upfront and forward with you about that and then be forward with you about hey you're wrong about this you need to look at you know why he did that sequence if you looked at his previous at bat and stuff like that so that that was like the good give and take so you'll have a new pitching coach this year, Carl Willis. I, I know spring's just getting started, but what have you done to, to maybe try and get up to speed with, with how he can help you the most? Oh, yeah, we tried a little bit, and, I mean, he's kind of portraying the same message I'm telling you right now, which is really comfortable and comforting to hear. It was just that, you know, I want you to be you, and I'm going to try to help you be the best you you can be, not the best pitcher there, there can be, the best you you can be, and that's that's what I need. All right, um, some ones, I don't know, off the field or, or just maybe not related to pitching, but uh, on your spikes on occasion it said sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does it come from, and uh, how important is it to you to, to kind of be that free spirit type uh, pitcher on this team? <laughs> well, uh, like me and Mon, always the sunflowers were like our thing, and even call like our little little ones our sunflowers. And then when I first got traded over here, I think it was my first day in camp, and I walked in, and then, I'll hear sunshine from Brant. I like turned around before I even knew him, and then like we introduced ourselves, and then he started calling me sunshine. Then Tony Amato started calling me sunshine, and then everybody started calling me it. And it was, I was traded from LA. I had the long hair. I was coming out, you know, max effort, throwing really hard, and then the sunshine thing kind of stuck. And then I I like it a lot just because the the whole thing I had before that. Is that one of those deals you you can't fight it, or it's just going to get worse if, yeah. even if you don't like it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you look at the team this season, and, and you're part of a just a tremendous rotation. Uh, how much help do you get from from other pitchers, especially the starters, in that rotation? I mean, there's Cy Young contenders in our whole rotation, which is like, you know, tremendous for young guys like me to sit there and watch them just how they go about their work. And that's not necessarily about exactly what they're doing, but how they're doing to get ready to where they're there every day. And that's the biggest thing with being a starting pitcher is consistency because, I mean, it's real easy to go out there and have a good day every once in a while. But to do that on a regular basis, which our starters have been doing and doing for a long time, and it just kind of opened my eyes to the amount of work it takes to really, that you have to put in and find, your it's like your own body awareness of what's going on to figure out what you need to stay consistent and stay on top of your game. And I've learned a lot from watching Kloobs and Cookie and TV go about it. And as a young pitcher, when you first get here, uh, is that intimidating to to follow them or, or try and gain information from them? Or are they pretty free with, with how they share and, and try and help others get better? Well, I mean, they're pretty free. As long as you approach them, they're pretty free about it. And it's, I mean, it can be intimidating. I mean, you look at the depth, and I think any young guy's like, oh, gosh, I mean, you can go on a bunch of other teams and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, if you, I think them setting that bar also helped me grow as a player as well because the bar sets so high here as a pitcher, you can't, you're watching two times Cy Young. Uh, Cookie's been in the running for the last like three years, like, and so the bar is set extremely high every time you tow the rubber. So there's not a whole lot of room for error if you want to stick around. And um, team-wise, maybe it doesn't seem like this to you, but it seems like all of a sudden, boom, Mike Clevenger, you're in the rotation. You won 12 games a year ago, and now uh, here's a team expected to contend and, and maybe do some big things in October. Uh, how do you approach spring training now and, and the season to come in terms of some of the things that this team could accomplish and, and you being a big part of that? I mean, that's, it's, it's a fun environment. It's fun. That's the thing Tito touched on in the meeting today and just like 
it's fun to show up at the ballpark, and that's not always the case everywhere you go. It's always fun to go to work, and this is a fun group to be around, I think. I mean, it's easy. Everyone, you can put in work here or there. You can, people, some people don't do the work, whatever the case may be, but the main component right now is it's fun to be around each other, and with talent, that's, that's going to take you far. That's Indian starting pitcher Mike Clevenger getting ready for a new season and expected to be a key member of what will be a strength for the Tribe, their starting rotation. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Hope you can join us again next week as we will join you once again from spring training out here in Arizona. The first full week of games coming up this week, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.